What's going on, guys? I was trying to get Alex to do the intro, but he apparently was too depressed. What's up, buddy? Um. So, yeah, you got to be depressed the last episode, so I'm just going to be on this one because now we're talking fantasy football and the fantasy football season for my team, the league that I care the most about. It's the league that we were both in since we first started playing together is completely going down the drain. So, yeah, happy days. How is everyone doing? Well, at least Justin Jefferson didn't tweet and tell you, screw your team. So uh, we got a guest today, Luke from the main league. What's up, buddy? Tell us about yourself. Hey, hey. so I've been uh, I've been playing fantasy football with these two uh, hooligans for a few years now in the uh, the big 32 team league. And now I'm in the uh, the 16 man with them. And it's been quite a ride so far. All right, I have a question for you. All right, let's hear it. For anyone listening, what is it like being in a league with me and Alex? Like, how are, like, what is our personalities and how is it in trade negotiation with with both of us? Curious. Um, so the league is definitely very active. Like, the leagues you guys are in, probably the most active leagues I've ever been in. There's always shit talking in the chats and. Trying to trade with you two is like night and day. Like trading with Angelo is awesome because very easy to negotiate with, and trading with Alex is just—it's just a scary thing because you always feel like you're gonna get fleeced in the end of it, and then you don't know until it happens. It just kind of sneaks <laughs> up on you. So Alex, so I I have negotiated with Alex for like going on a decade now, and Alex will like write a story on why you should like the players he's offering. Oh, yeah. He he paints a picture. Yeah. It's a good picture most of the times as well. Most of the time, I take, yeah. I take pride in those. You could have Justin Jefferson. He's like, yeah, you had Justin Jefferson, but he just tweeted, screw your fantasy team. Is that someone you... Like, he put that in the main chat. <laughs> just planting the seeds. I love planting that, actually. Planting the seeds. Just planting the seeds. <laughs> yeah, you have Justin Jefferson, but do you want Justin Jefferson? Unbelievable. So I'm sorry, I didn't hear. What's the difference as far as personalities go? Uh, personalities. Alex is um, Alex is usually like very like passive aggressive when trash talking people's teams. So like he'll be quiet for a little bit and then he'll just shoot something out of nowhere and it'll just completely ruin your team's morale for the week. Be like, man, he just destroyed like half of my players and in, in and then Angelo, not a ton of trash talking as much, mostly because you don't your teams aren't in great positions to trash talk. But now that you're kind of like competitive in the the 16 man it's kind of been fun to watch you two go at it yeah now suddenly has a lot of talk right now yeah it's just the constant like reminding me of how terrible and how a bunch of chokers are currently riding on my team i debated getting a clock a countdown clock and putting it in the chat for when we face Well, newsflash, but it might not matter. <laughs> so, um, the first bit of note, the Monday night game happened in Philly. Beat Kansas City, which means, spoiler alert, Alex has Philly number one next week. Let's go! 
You got anything on the game, either of you? When are the Eagles going to start playing good? Just let me know, please. Chiefs! I mean, their QB even admitted that they played terrible. So, great. They beat the Chiefs because Marvis, Marquez Valdez-Kentling can't catch a ball. That hits him right in the end. Dude was out there looking like Quinton Johnston. Prime Quinton Johnston. <laughs> just completely dropping Hi. balls left and right. Uh, even Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey didn't have Taylor Swift. So, I guess he just decided to start dropping balls as well. Yeah, that, Lovely. That Kelsey fumble was was bad. Uh, I don't know what happened, dude. Like that's a pretty standard Kelsey catch, but I guess not that week because mm-hmm. he didn't have Taylor Swift. That's what I'm just gonna blame it on, to be honest. There's think, um... actual stats behind this. Someone put up like stats where where Taylor Swift attends, and it's it's like. He averages almost 100 receiving yards a game when Taylor Swift attends. It's crazy. I think the Eagles looked a little, uh, a little rattled on offense after that, uh, that miscue with Hurts and AJ Brown. You know when he, um, when AJ Brown broke the route off and started cutting up fields, and Hurts just missed him. There was definitely a little beef on the sidelines there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that as well. It seemed like he was pretty pissed off at Hurts there. Yeah. Hertz you was could kind of see it in the way they played too, because there was more like design plays for Devonte. Yeah, that game overall, definitely. especially as an AJ Brown owner in a in an important league of mine, it was not too thrilled with that performance last night. <laughs> Bruce, to be frank, think... it has been something that has happened for a while now. When Goddard is out, um, Devonte usually sees quite a bit of a rise in terms of production. It seems like they just geared towards him more uh, when he's out versus like AJ Brown or even the rest of the field. Once you got, I want to paint a picture for you guys. Cause this happened to me this week. Okay. You start Joe Burrow and he plays like less than a half, but he scores a touchdown. So you didn't have your quarterback for half a game and you're still, and you started Mark Andrews too. <laughs> you're still in the game. And you're still in the game. And you the Monday night game features two Kansas cities on, di- on different sides. So on your side, you have Sky Moore. And on the other side, you see Travis Kelsey. What is your reaction? <laughs> Just despair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's about it. Just kinda... <laughs> I looked at that and I was like, well... Yeah, you remember that week, like a bunch of years ago, when we were first playing in the 16-team league, and I think it was the second year or the third year that we were in that league, and you were finally about to beat me because your team was going off, and I think you had like Darren Waller or something, and he scored like, I don't know, I think he needed to score you 13 or 14 points, and he scored like 10 and a half. So I was just like, I went to sleep and I said, GG, man, you finally got one over me. Uh, <laughs> luckily, in that week, I woke up and I won. But that's what I would have said there <laughs> in that scenario. It's just like, GG, man, have a good one. It's fair. <laughs> it's just... So another bit of news that came out, uh, Matt Canada, offensive coordinator for the Steelers, got fired. 
Go ahead, Alex. You can go on your little victory lap. And Luke is a Steelers fan, so I'm sure he has a lot to say about that, too. This guy. Thank you, Pittsburgh Steelers, for doing, like, <laughs> the first time in, I believe it's since 9040 or 9020, something like that. 41. For f 41, that's it. For firing a coach mid-season. So Finally I'm going to say it. this. Because obviously I'm a Bengals fan. Luke here is a Steelers fan. And both teams have a tradition of like not firing coaches. And that's because we, we dealt with Marvin Lewis for like, it, it felt like my entire life. So does that also get annoying if you're a fan of that team where you like take forever to fire something and you see it years or months in advance, Luke? Yeah, absolutely. We've been in an offensive coordinator drought for ever since Bruce Arians left. We have not had a competent offensive coordinator uh, between Canada, Randy Fitchner, who was the other dude that was terrible too, uh, drawing a blank on his name. But we've just had consistently terrible offensive coordinators for years. And it seems like every year we're like, oh, we got to fire the OC. We need someone good. And it just never happens. Was it Todd Haley? Yeah, Todd Haley. That was the other oh, one. Oh God, yeah. I remember he was, that. He was he was just as bad as Matt Canada. It just just for for a franchise that prides itself on its its coaching, we can't seem to get the offensive coordinator right for the life of us. So is it gonna be next year? I hope um I hope we just steal someone from a Shanahan tree at this point. I mean, I feel like Why not I feel like Kenny Pickett could work well in that kind of system. Why not someone from like a Bill Belichick tree? Oh God, no thanks. <laughs> those don't you don't, those don't really work. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want like the Matt Patricia or the Joe Judge? Oh. Oh. You crazy? <laughs> I mean, that's a heck of a duo to man. have. You just asked this man if he wants a defensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator. Now, yeah, to be that's fair, <laughs> that's probably just as good as what he's experienced the last like decade. Um, mm -hmm. I would like to remind you that last year offensive coordinator for the Patriots were those two guys because yeah. he didn't name an offensive coordinator. So those guys were just on the sidelines calling the offense. So if Bill Belichick can do it... So you know those little, like the notepads that the quarterbacks have on their wrist that has the plays on it. Yeah. Yes. What do you think that had on it when those two were offensive coordinators? <laughs> did it have, um, did it have like just a bunch of running plays? When it that... was Joe Judge's time to, to coach the team, uh, it would have special team plays. And <laughs> when it was Matt Patricia's time, it would have defensive assignments. They just didn't know the position that they yeah. were in on, in the team. So, Matt Patricia probably had like some drawings as well. There was like, like an Belichick offense. Probably had a in those. God, he, like he, I don't, I don't think he would have let those two pull out the entire <laughs> wristband because like those are those are important plays for like you know when it's like they use those in two minute drill and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those yeah, are important have, plays. I don't think they Bill have Belichick very situational plays on that. Yes, 
So like they have a third and long play, they have a first down play, they have yeah. Sorry, go on. I interrupted you. Bold of you to assume that Bill Belichick has any input on the offense, unless he just tries to go for his like favorite second child, Bailey Zappi, to save his job somehow. To this day, that's still the most mind-boggling move I've ever seen from a coach trying to win a game. I think it's hilarious. I, I think Bill, Bill knows exactly what he's doing. It's all part of his master plan to get Caleb Williams. Bill knows he's out of there this year. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no chance to do this in Fired. I just don't see it happening if they end up with with Caleb, like, would you not want one of the greatest coaches ever to coach one of the greatest quarterback prospects ever? I would love it if I had a GM who got me more uh, weapons to Caleb Williams than, like, a random mix of Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Nikhil <laughs> Harry, uh, who else? Tyquan Thornton. What? Uh, who's even there? Kendrick Henry. Bourne! Jonu Smith. Just Jonu Smith is in, is in Atlanta, Alec. Oh, no, no, no. Bill Belichick no, signed there years ago. for a massive extension, nonetheless. He gave him more money than he gave Hunter Henry, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So I probably wouldn't. Let's put Bill at defensive coordinator. How about that? What would happen in fantasy drafts if Caleb would just pulls the wool over our eyes and just returns to college? Um, I, I guess it depends on what type of fantasy football league you're playing in. If it's like Dynasty, you probably lose a lot of value on that over first overall pick. Mm-hmm. But then again, now there's the rumors, not the rumors, but like there's the narrative that Caleb Williams might not be as good as expected. Really? It's, it's more on his production against Big Ten teams or... Ranked teams, specifically. Hell yes. Ranked teams are probably worse than most of the NFL teams. So I would at least hope that my like franchise QB looks at least decent versus those. So why didn't that matter to you with Zach Wilson? Yeah. So, moving on. <laughs> 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 I mean, the dude is is done. Can we just? I mean, he's he's the whole yeller. He's the QB three right now. Leave him be, poor guy. You think he gets cut before the end of the season? Uh, I don't think he gets cut. Uh, he's probably like traded next year. That's fair. He'll be the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year. Yeah, he's better than May- Baker. Is that it? <laughs> I don't think I'd take Zach Wilson over Baker. I, I I think he's terrible, but apparently Angelo thinks he's better than Baker. Hmm. Baker still has flashes. Zach Wilson has nothing left. We will always have that second half versus the Chiefs. Oh, my. Okay, so let's get into an actual talking point. Um, 
Joe Burrow went down. Deshaun Watson went down all in the same week. Are you just abandoning ship on the Ohio team's offenses? Like, what do you do if you have Jamar Chase, Amari Cooper, T. Higgins, David Njoku, I guess? What would you guys do? I think Chase is still worth playing every week. I mean, you can't bench Jamar Chase, but I think everyone else, if you have the luxury of not having to start them, then you shouldn't. Like, Amari Cooper... His stat lines when with Watson and without Watson are complete night and day. So he's a, he's a very easy sit for me if I have anyone else able to play. It really is jarring how much Deshaun targets Amari watching mm-hmm. Browns games. I mean, Amari Cooper uh, right now has a 7.1 NFL passer rating on targets from DTR. That probably means that you should panic about Amari Cooper. Yeah. Probably. Just any he, he, ca- he caught about like thirty-five percent of the of those targets uh that he got from the rookie QB. And he's averaging around three point six yards per target. Pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably underselling it, but okay. Um, on the other Ohio team, yeah, Chase is a no-brainer. I think it will be fine. You won't have this. Uh, let me see a full game of Browning because Browning didn't look terrible. He didn't look like a DR. He looked like he was at least a capable QB. So let me see how he does first. But right now he's in the wide receiver three tier for me. Uh, could jump up a bit. Uh, closer to the top of the tier than the bottom of the tier. If Browning really is playing like I saw him play versus the the Ravens, give him time. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't panic about T Higgins. I would panic about Amari Cooper for sure. You know, the sad part is the Browns are in a better spot than. Just say it. Yeah, buddy, because they have a defense, a pretty good defense. I know you have a pretty good defense as well, but they have an elite defense. So They have a Miles Garrett. Yes. Apparently they have a play. Did you see that? Uh, Luke probably saw that. The Miles Garrett, when he picked up the, the helmet from the Steelers from the ground. Did you see that moment yeah. in the game? I, I did see that being talked about, yeah. <laughs> The the tackle was just like he grabbed the helmet and he was like, no, 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 no. He was just <laughs> shaking his head like, don't you even dare. <laughs> the flashbacks. Oh. I, don't know. I just, I guess as a Bengals fan watching like the Browns and the Steelers sometimes, I just wish we had a defense where we can just sit back and watch TJ Water, Miles Garrett just destroy someone. Just, just draft Miles Garrett. Are the Bengals <laughs> dumb or something? Just get a Miles Garrett, dude. Yeah, I mean, we've been bad enough. <laughs> What's wrong with that Bengals defensive line, though? They got solid playmakers, don't they? We do, we do. We have Chuba Hubbard, Trey Richardson, and DJ Rudder, but I don't know. There's just something about Garrett and Watt that hit differently, especially when you're watching them. Like, yeah. especially in the Super Bowl when we watched, just we had to do so many things to contain Aaron Donald for a single half that 
Like when you have that guy, it just makes a mile. It makes it makes defense super easy and simple. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Because it just shifts the focus. Because then you have to double team the guy, and then the other side gets a bit more free. It's the same thing with like Bosa with the Niners, for example. And a big reason as to why um, who's that second guy on? Oh, High Smith. High Smith had the yeah. the year that he had last year. It's because mm-hmm. the, the defense really has to focus down on the like a top two defensive player in the league. While the Bengals do have two good pass rushers. They are not a lead, so it's it's easier I for honestly kind of wish you would have trade for Chase Young, especially if the price was that. That's just me, though. I'm surprised his price was a low was as low as it was, especially what? given what Montez Sweat went for. No, Montez Sweat is a better Sweat player. What, what? Really, I think so. What? Montez Sweat. Yes, Montez Sweat is a better player than Chase Young. I mean, Chase Young not only has as as had worse years than Montez Sweat and both are playing, he's also an injury risk. I don't think it's that crazy to say what I'm saying. I wouldn't say it's crazy, but I think it, when Chase Young is like in the zone, like when he's in good health and he is making plays, he is he's more of a game wrecker than Montez Sweat is for sure. Uh, I don't think I would agree with that. I mean, I haven't, many... I haven't watched enough of either of them to really back that enough and back that up enough. But just based off what I've seen, I feel like I feel like Chase Young has more of a chance to take over a game. Out of a total of one hundred and eighteen pressures, or one hundred and eighteen plays in which he was getting a pressure, okay, uh, he got sixteen sacks. And 84 Aries. Monte Sweat was on what? I think that's going to be like a massive difference. But I'm watching this live. Uh, Monte Sweat had season grades. Okay, he had 39 sacks on 206 total pressures. And 116 Aries. I just think like Montez is probably the more complete player because he has played more. Chase is still living off the name value to me. Maybe that's right, but they also played with one another. And maybe they, once again, I'm not making, I'm just saying maybe teams game planned more for Chase than they did Sweat and Sweat had the one-on-ones more. Hey, that's that's fair. I, I can't really like check that right now. But I guess the prices were also different because it's a what have you done for me lately league. And That's Chase fair. hasn't really That's done fair. anything lately while Montez has. That's so. That's fair. Oh, man. This is... You want to cry now, Alex? You lost again. I have sort of cried everything that I have. Hey, now, every game is now must win, so. You got something to say to Jalen Warren for having half the Steelers total yards? Like, Jalen Warren had, I believe it was like three, five points or something like that. And then he breaks out a a 72, 74-yard run. And he ends up. Yeah, and he ends up with 
uh, roughly half of the Steelers' total rush, uh, total offensive yards for the game. So who was he facing in our main league? This guy, <laughs> of course. It's just, I mean, at this point, there's nothing much that I can say. Like, I've lost three games decided by under a point. Um, I am the guy you lost to this week had th- had three. Oh no, two guys who didn't even score a single point. I mean, yes, but I had like two guys who played half a quarter. So. Yeah, exactly. So you had to make up for the guy the guy that started two guys who didn't score a single point. You know, you had to, you know. Yes, and I lost because of a fumble. Which is lovely as well. Just sunshines and rainbows. How are your fantasy leagues, Luke? <laughs> um I'm in three money leagues currently. Aside from the those three leagues and then the two leagues with you guys are probably the Leagues I pay attention to the most. I'm doing pretty well in both of our leagues. And then my big money league, I just lost to my dad after A.J. Brown laid an egg on Monday night. So I'm sitting at 3-8 and and pretty squarely out of the playoff picture. I have a league with my uh, all my college friends. I'm doing pretty well in that. I'm sitting in third right now. So could make some cash there. And then I have a... uh, dynasty team that i run with my dad and we're i think seventh place so we're still squarely in the hunt there so overall decent season not not as great as i could hope for but not too upset about that how does that even work a dynasty team you're so let's say you guys have a um disagreement on a trade offer what happens Uh then um we haven't really had too much of a disagreement on things. He kind of lets me make most of the decisions. I'd say I'm probably like the the lead GM, and he's kind of the assistant. So <laughs> <laughs> most of the time, it's on my uh, my intuition. Like when we were we were in the draft, and we wanted to take a quarterback, and we were staring at C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. I'm like, hey, do you have any? you have any input on this? And he's like, no, I'll take whoever you want. And I'm like, all right, we're taking Stroud. So I think uh, th- things generally work out when I make the decisions, but not perfect by any means. Young, sad face. Very sad face. So uh, you're, huh? I, I was going to say, uh, so you were, you just show them who's the man of the house, basically. You're yeah. Just like that. Take a minute here. Let me take the decisions, and I'm gonna yeah. select C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young because yep. that's what every single sane person. I just would imagine say. if me and Alex had a team, and that was a debate, that would be like we'd be oh, like it's, fighting. It's, it's fight to the death. Buddy. We, we'd be it's fighting. Fight to the death. <laughs> Can you imagine back in 2021 if we had a team like this, and it's like, <laughs> who do you pick between Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? Oh, I mean no. that would that would be like I don't think I would have slapped yeah, until decided to do Zach. <laughs> Zach yeah, was that going team would have went up flames. I don't, oh, it would. I don't think you two were making it through the regular season, still managing that team together. No, no, no. Because then it's like Zach sucked. He would throw me shade. 
Fields would suck. I would throw him shade, and we would just be on this back and forth. Just to effect- effectively, like two or three years later, both be out of the league. So that's fun. <laughs> that's always fun. Those arguments. So how do you approach team building? As far as like, because I've seen you inherit a lot of fantasy teams and dynasty teams. How do you go about evaluating players, Luke? Um, honestly, I kind of I look at situation a lot. Like in the off season, I'm like, who's got the chance to like have that breakout year? And I just kind of go out and get guys that I like. Like most, I don't really target guys that have like negative stigmas around them. Like, if he didn't have a great season last year, or he's in a weird situation, or he's getting old, I'm like, I don't want him. Like, I don't go out and get, like, a 27-year-old Aaron Jones because he's Aaron Jones. I'm like, well, he's old and going to be done in, like, two years. I don't want that kind of guy. And then it's just kind of, like, finding the right price on guys. Like, I kind of... I like finding value a lot. Like, with Damian Pierce, obviously it hasn't really worked out, but I thought I got pretty solid value on him. Like, he was second-year guy, promising rookie season. Same with, like, Brian Robinson. He was a guy I really wanted to try to get my hands on this offseason just because he's really kind of under the radar, and he's got a pretty good share of that Washington backfield, and no one really talks him or values him enough. That's Brian fair, Robinson. Actually. Brian Robinson actually is the only running back this year to finish as the overall uh, week's running back one twice. Yeah, he's having a really underrated season. Yeah. Uh, Just regarding the Damian Pierce, I also think I got great value in that one, so... Yeah, you you, you might have. I (laughs) I don't know what that pick did for you, though. Like, I don't... there There wasn't much left in that draft board after, what, the first seven picks or so? I'll say what it didn't do, win me games. <laughs> I didn't win me games. Uh, I think I got like, uh, I have no clue which pick you sent me. Uh, but it's or, pro- Do you remember? Was it eight, uh, or, it was nine? eight or nine? Okay, yeah. So it's either Richardson or Kendra Miller. I think it was Kendra. Okay. Yeah, then Oof. Kendra. Yeah, because you wouldn't have traded the eight if it was Richardson. Yeah. Because you needed the QB. Okay. Yeah, it was Kendra. So I guess I just traded for a younger version of a player yeah. who's doing nothing. So we both lost, essentially. There Those are no the winners. best trades. Yeah. <laughs> there were no winners here. There, there was no winning. So do the you use any like touching that is forcing me to go out and buy a Devin Singletary, so in that sense, I <laughs> I do want to point out though before we move on, off of this topic because you said something that I think it's interesting and that I did mention during the off season in this show. Uh, but do you think you mentioned value a lot and like buying players at a value when you think they might take a boom? But how about the opposite? Like you mentioned that you go away from guys like Aaron Jones, for example, because they will be dusted in a year or two. But don't you think those guys have value there that you and can buy them? Trading harder for you. Yeah, because then you can. Uh, I can make you, for example, uh, I don't know, like Aaron Jones, maybe for like an early second or something. Yeah, it's a second. It's a rookie. Rookie fever is not great, but you're getting a guy who will produce for two years. Will produce probably a running back two season. 
sometimes higher than that, sometimes probably not lower, but most of the times higher than that, I guess. Uh, for a second, maybe it just lasts a year, but isn't that value though if you're competing? Yeah, if you're building a competing team, absolutely. I mean, I haven't really like tried to build a competing team straight from the ground up. Most of the time, I try to buy young guys and then let them build into a competing team. So, so I don't really have a ton of experience going out and buying vets for picks like that. But I have, I guess in the 32-man, I did a little bit of that. That's and. Funny. It's just in that league though, it's just trying to find anyone that'll put up points for you week in and week out. There's no there's no you can't get too picky with that. That's fair. So Alex pushed granted this doesn't have anything to do with fan well it does kinda of, but Alex pushed back on me with all the moves I made that it was the wrong time and it was the wrong decision. What did you think about all the crazy things I did following week eight, nine? Well, I I really enjoyed the fact that you gave me Brees Hall. I was I was a big fan of that trade. But I was a fan of that trade too. I I think it could work out well for both of us. But yeah, I think you definitely could have made those moves earlier and set yourself up with a legitimate chance to make a playoff push. But I still think you set your team up pretty well for the future. You might you might not have gotten like maximum value out of everything but you had so many assets it probably wouldn't have really mattered either way you were walking into a really strong team next year you just kind of did it a little early sure. uh, you, so you still you... have a few picks left don't you you have a few first rounders right for this year no i have five first round picks between 2025 and 2026 draft okay well yeah you'll you'll be able to keep Keep your team relevant for a while. You're in good shape. Yeah, I'll be able to keep building off that. Do you use any trade calculators, and what is your thought on them? Um, Occasionally I do, when it's more so when I'm dealing with like high-end assets. Like, I don't really do a ton of trades for like superstar players. So if I'm doing that kind of thing, I kind of want to get a, an idea of like what, that, what a package might look like for if I'm trying to trade for Brees Hall or someone like that because I don't I don't own Brees is the this is the only league I have Brees in I don't have Jefferson or Chase anywhere I don't really have like many stud players on most of my teams I just got a bunch of the like top 10 to 20 players kind of fill things out um as far as like my thoughts on them I'm not gonna like ridicule someone for using them but if if they start citing them in trade talks, like, hey, the calculator says it's fair, then it's like, okay, yeah, no. Get out of here. Yeah, Alex. I'm not sure if I use that on him anytime. I've used them on guys that I know use the calculator a lot. Oh, like yeah, that's Justin, the other thing. Like, you know there are guys that use calculators. You can definitely kind of take advantage of that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, for a while, I had a list in the 16-team league of the teams this that guy. used the calculator. It was like Angelo, it was Justin, it was that one random guy who was from like Australia or something. Angry Spit Boys or something like that. He also oh, used it. That. Yeah, he also used it. I, I know I had a list here of teams that I know used I it. I actually started doing it too because I just found a list of players I liked that were undervalued and I just tried. Like that's how I got Austin Eckler before he blew up 
yeah that's that's a good way to do it if you know there's if you know there's players who follow a specific calculator to the t uh you have some value to gain there if you find those pockets of value yeah mm -hmm. that's fair Luke also owns a player here that is quite of a net scratcher for us in this oh. league. Oh. And um, you did mention that we should do this for him here. Uh -huh. But Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua, I mean, just had a pretty good game, so this is sure to, to skew your yeah, your perspective on the player yeah if it was like after week nine or during the buy i think you'd have a different uh conversation yeah. because you did have two stinkers and then the buy mm -hmm. but now after a what was it a five catch seven yards one touchdown game yeah maybe you have a different one so let us see here i don't want to rate these players i swear some of these pop-ups that come out when you you're, you're using keep treat cut are just yeah like, it's it's getting crazy now it, it oh, wasn't yeah. crazy before but it's starting to get crazy now sorry go on. it's now kyle allen cooper rush or tegan kitoriano <laughs> it's like none can i just pick that are, are those guys even uh, on active rosters now this is how this is why they, i wanted because i've never seen like asked to rank Justin Jefferson among the other top wide receivers. Like I am curious how they get there. Cause I've never I seen did that. Get it once I think, but it wasn't super flex with QBs. Mm -hmm. So makes sense. Uh, I think one of those guys is on a team somewhere uh, like Kyle Helen, I think is a backup somewhere. Okay. So uh, let me check here. Tier While you're eight. checking, uh, it just broke. Aaron Jones has an MCL sprain, will be considered week to week per Adam Schefter. Unlikely to Damn, play there. We'll be right back. All right, as I set this up. You set it up too. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, there was another news that broke uh, while Luke uh, is picking up the call, but I believe it was regarding Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is reportedly having surgery right now. Uh, for his his ankle, fibula, wherever. Yeah. Uh, so he is having surgery. I believe the word right now from Harbaugh is that he might be available to end the season. Uh, but it, uh, no news That's right now. No, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Andrews is likely out for the year, though, as Arbo said. There's a chance he could return if Baltimore makes a deep playoff run. So. I'm guessing championship game, Super Bowl. That's like the window for him to come back, if anything. There. I mean, I uh, guess that's overall good for the long-term outlook of his health because you really hate to see, a, you know, a season-ending injury happen to someone. Yeah. Yeah. It, I believe he described it as uh, it wasn't as severe as initially thought. So Nice. That's always good. Okay, so we have Puka here. We're just waiting back from Luke. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, you're here? Okay. Okay, yep. and we're back. Okay, so this few players here, 
on the same tier as Pukinikua on Cape Trade Cut. Uh, I want to get you started with this one. It's right on the upper tier. Uh, Puke is tier 8, Jordan Edison is tier 7. They are back-to-back. One is wide receiver 11, the other is wide receiver 10. Who do you rather have, Jordan Edison or Puke Nakua? You won both in the 16-team league. That's a good one. I, th- I think I'd, ha- I'd rather have Addison pretty comfortably. Okay, because of the draft capital... Yeah, draft capital, and he's just—he's shown a lot of boom potential. Even when just Justin Jefferson's been in the game, he's had some some pretty great outings. With Nakua, it's still kind of up in the air, like how Cooper Cup affects him. It seems like he's definitely not performing as well. So, just based on that, I think Addison's an easy pick. Plus, I think. That Vikings offense is going to be really strong for years to come. They're they're really moving in the right direction there. Are you concerned with Kirk Cousins going out in the future quarterback situation for the Vikings? Not really. I think even if Kirk is gone, I think that Josh Dobbs has looked more than capable of sustaining that offense. So I think I think a lot of it has to do with the scheme. They're they've really got a good thing going there. So. Well, whoever the quarterback is, as long as they're somewhat competent, I think all those guys will eat. All right. I do agree. I would have uh, Edison above Puka. Yes. Okay, so a guy you traded away earlier in the season to Angelo, Puka Nakua or Devonta Smith? Oh, I got an opinion. Yeah, that's that's a really tough one. I think back to back. I think I'd rather have Puka. Uh, Devontae Smith has just been really, he's been pretty volatile this year, especially with AJ. When it, when Brown and Goddard are both out there, Devontae Smith really, he he has had a lot of stinker games this year. When when AJ Brown's demanding so many targets, it's just tough for him to have consistently good games game in and game out and he's also a little older i don't really see his situation changing much how old is think... puka puka's uh, 23 maybe 22 puka's, 23 he's got to be puka's 22 and a half devonta smith is 25 years old on the dots okay so wow. probably just oh yeah he did come out devonta did come out old that is true okay go on yeah. oh yeah puka even even though that Rams offense isn't great, he's still easily the number two target. He's still he's still gonna get his share of action. And I just I just don't think Smith sees enough consistent volume to wanna keep him around. What says you, Devonta Smith older? It's Smith. The <laughs> Eagles are a better offense. There's a better quarterback throwing to him. Yeah, I mean, technically he has more competition with Goddard because I think Puka, I I think Brown and Cup is a wash as far as competition goes for targets. Like, and I think Devontae's the better wide receiver. Like, so I'd rather have the better wide receiver tethered to the better quarterback on the better offense. That's just me. Uh, I think both of you make fair points, and I do agree that Devonta's uh, lack of production when both A.J. Brown and Goddard, at least lack of consistent production, when both Goddard and A.J. Brown are on the field, 
is somewhat concerning if you're holding him as a wide receiver too, for example. You want someone who's probably a bit more consistent. Uh, that said, though, it's the same argument as like an Amon Ross and Brown. And we discussed this uh, last uh, fantasy show, I believe, or was it off air? I'm not 100% sure. But even with the except, because I see a lot of comparisons between Puka and Amon Ra, and I understand those from the profile of the player. Both four guys weren't super athletic. Both were drafted day three in the NFL. Um, so you have some concerns there. But I would say, as I said about Amon Ra, who's a guy who's already solidified as a top guy, uh, I think he would drop quite a bit if the... Um, the Lions acquire a new wide receiver high in the draft, even with all of his production. I think that would be some fear because of his draft capital, mostly, and because of the archetype of the player. And I think the same applies here to Puka, who is not even that much of an established guy. I think he has a lot of volatile value here. Uh, so I would take the safer guy in Devonta Smith over the volatile asset. Who's next? That was a good one. That was a really good that was, one. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to say another one, and this is going to be a fun one, because this, uh, these two are two players, same draft class, both drafted this year, and both in the same sort of situation, both made a lot of noise in the show earlier in the year. So, Puka Nakua or Devon Aishan? Oh, God. Mm. Oh, all right. I know who I'm going with. Yeah, I think I think it's got to be A-Chan. I, well, as injury prone as he seems already, he's just, he's so dominant when he's on the field. It's really hard to not want that guy on your fantasy team. Even though Puka's had some great games, obviously those were a little situational with Cup being out. With HN, it's clear he's the favorite back in Miami, and he he truly has game-breaking speed, and he can just break off runs like it's nobody's business. What says you, Angela? Give me Puka. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't buy. I I don't buy HN. I don't buy it. He's in a he's in a RBBC. He's Basically, with the prototypical wide or wide receiver, the prototypical running back that he is in Mozart, really fast guy, and he doesn't have the frame to hold up. He's never gonna be the a lead back on a team. So, gimme poop. And I just pick neither. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um... Else, there we go. If. If I have to, if I have to keep one on the team, then I'm keeping Puka uh, because I think as a wide receiver, um, he tends to age better. Uh, HN, uh, HN, I can never say his name as I want to. <laughs> God damn! Uh, but yeah, yeah, HN, HN, I guess. Um, has more volatile value, uh, value because he's a running back. So uh, he's a 22-year-old running back, has some divisiveness in the community. Uh, so with his injuries piling on and so on, I think I would go with the safer route of Puka here. 
But if I'm trading one, if I'm acquiring one because, I don't know, like, let's talk about this like it's a stock, for example. If I'm buying one because I think I'm buying cheap and I can sell them for higher, then I would buy HN. Because I think HN um, can net you more if he stacks up another one or two games in which he dominated like early in the season, then I think he can net you a lot more. Because then it's like the the narrative, it's that it's going to be his backfield next year because Mostert is quite old and they are not going to bring anyone else in. And he is explosive. He's on a very explosive offense. He will be dominant. And that's how you build a narrative. And that's how you tell the story, as I usually do. So if I'm Perfect. trading one for value, it's HN. I think he, he, ne- he can net you more value right now. Okay, okay fine. Uh, two more here that I think are quite interesting. Okay, so both of these guys are behind Puka. First one is Brandon Ayuk. Hmm. <gasps> I think I'd still go Puka. Ayuk's been great this year, but he's he's definitely shown some inconsistency. I think all those pass catchers in San Francisco are really tough guys to own just because you don't know whose off week it's going to be. Like, it doesn't seem like all three of them go off every single week. Like, someone's always the odd man out. And I feel like that would happen too many times with Ayuk to feel comfortable having him as your wide receiver too. I'd rather take Puka. Even though he's not been the most consistent with cup out, I still think he's he's still a rookie. He's got he's got room to grow into a more defined role in that offense. So the reason that one sec. I guess I can go first then. Um I agree. Okay, okay so no, the, no. the reason that Ayuk sometimes has off games and the reason that like it seems like not all of them can go off at the same time is because the San Francisco 49ers are so good that like half their games end at halftime. So with all that said, I'm still going to use the same logic. Give me the person. Give me the better wide receiver on the better offense. Give me Brandon Ayuk. Uh, this one is quite tough for me because I've never been a big Ayuk guy, but he has been playing pretty well this season. He is, uh, I believe he's on the last year of his contract next year because it's the um, it's the team option, if not mistaken. Uh, so he can be a free agent after that year. So with the possibility of him being a free agent, I'm not 100% sure he resigns back with the Niners. So I'm taking Puka probably. I'm higher on Puka than I was prior to the show, uh, to the um, to the cup injury, because I was pretty adamant that he would just suck. But he has been playing well. And now Cooper has another, Cooper Cup has another injury right now. And I mean, maybe the future is just, they move off of Cooper Cup and it's Puka. As the one. So, yeah, give me Puka here over Ayuk. And Here's finally. A... Okay, I'll do oh, it, I'll go, do it go. after. I'll do it after your okay. final one. Do it after. Okay. My final one. So, Puka Nakua. 
Stefan Diggs. <laughs> Just left. Are they are they actually head. close in value? Uh, I think ahead of Does it happen close? Puka's ahead. Puka really? is not is a tier ahead of Stefan Diggs. A whole Diggs. tier? No way. Puka Puka is top of the eighth tier. Stefan Diggs is top of the ninth tier. Well, I think if I'm if I have any sort of competitive team, I am taking Diggs pretty easily. I think Diggs probably has at least two more years of being a, a wide receiver one. And when he's when he's in form and when that offense is clicking, he's a top three receiver in fantasy. So I think I'd take Diggs pretty comfortably there if I'm any sort of competing. You know, I, I actually agree with that take for the most part. If you're competing, yeah, you go with Diggs. If you're someone who has no hope this this year, you go for Puka and hope for the long-term value. I agree with that. So, I did see something here, so let me just pick it back up. So, here's my question for you, Luke. If that deal was Puka Nakua and Drake London for Brees Hall, you still accept it? Probably. Yeah. Interesting. I don't I don't think it changes too much on that. I mean, I want I obviously wanted to keep Puka cuz he is younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my my team's pretty young, but I think I was just more enamored with the idea of getting Brees Hall and getting rid of Drake London. So <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I was I was such a fan of getting Drake London that I shipped him off literally less than ten, than two hours yeah. later. <laughs> L- London is he really feels like fool's gold to me. That's fair. I think you I, guys are slipping on Drake London. I don't hate Drake London. I hate the I don't either. I just I don't want him on my fantasy team. Fun fact. I have, um, it, it's infuriating. It's infuriating watching the yeah. the, the Falcons play. Like I have, I have uh, Drake London in the thirty two team league, uh-huh. and earlier in the season in that league, I got an offer of a first, a fourth, and a fifth for him. I didn't uh-huh. pay much much attention to it, so I just let it be. <laughs> and then, uh, close to the deadline, the trade was still there, and that big. Is gonna be the pick, uh, was gonna be the pick from the Carolina Panthers in that league, which, much like real life Carolina Panthers, are pretty bad. So, that was gonna be a top five pick, and I didn't accept it. What really? Yeah, why? Uh, in part because I was pretty sure I couldn't get a wide receiver to replace him with. Because I just noticed that like a day prior to the deadline. Wow. Yeah. You needed you would have needed someone to replace London. You've got like ten startable receivers. <laughs> uh I mean I would be starting like I Christian even... Watson most of the weeks. I'm not gonna yeah. lie, I haven't even looked at the rosters like after week one. 
I haven't lo- I haven't looked at Alex's roster in a minute, but I feel like you could you could make do without flexing a receiver, and you'd still have a pretty dominant receiving group there. Uh, sort of. Uh, like yeah, I have Chase, Edison, Amon Ra. Yeah. And then it drops off to London, Watson, and now No Brown, I guess. Mm. I'd also have Josh Downs. Yeah, you got I mean, Josh it was Downs. Yeah, it was more like if I trade them and I have any sort of injury, I'm toasted. I, like, not toasted, like, in terms of in comparison to the league, because I do have a hard time in doing that. Like, I know what standard I want my team in. Uh, and then when I look at other teams, I'm sort of surprised. I've had this conversation a lot with Corey uh, that I see such a drop off in talent that I like, I sometimes don't have the notion of that. And that leads me to declining deals like this, for example. <laughs> but yeah, I, I looked at that deal. That deal was still on the table for like a day. And then uh, the owner of that pick sent me a message and then took the deal out. But yeah, the deal sat there for quite a while. Yeah, Carolina's currently two and nine. They are they are squarely in the hunt for a top top five, if not top three pick. Uh, because of oh, points, no. I think they are sort of out of the top three. Okay. I looked at my roster. There is no one I hate on the defense. The offense is atrocious. <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens when you keep drafting corn, corn, uh, cornerbacks. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Listen, I'm starting Sauce Gardner, Jalen Ramsey, and Pat Sertan. Like, it could be worse. If only you had Rashad White still to shore up your offense a little bit. Yeah. You traded Rashad White. Yeah. yeah. That was an accident. But... What? The yeah. good news is I'm pretty sure that pick became Zach Charbonnet, so it'll be fine. Oh, that's just wonderful, dude. I swear. <laughs> brilliant. Uh, and no, I think it became something else because I think you traded that for a 2025 pick, but I'm not that, sure. That might be true. Uh, just to close out the uh, Spooka the thing, because we did just go completely on the other direction. Um yeah. I think I would rather have Diggs in every scenario, to be honest, because I think he can net you more. Yeah, even as a rebuilder, you probably take Diggs because I think he can always net you more in the offseason than Puka. That's a good point. I I don't think of it like that. I mean, they're both still going to be producing a lot in season, so it's not like you you can shave off some points for by taking Puka instead of Diggs. Like, they're both... They're both top, what, 12 receivers this year? Yeah. So, like, you're not losing anything and just going with Diggs. And I think Diggs' name value and stardom mm-hmm. probably takes the cake over Puka if you're trying to trade them in the offseason. Because I can't imagine you having a, like, a team who's trying to... Not saying, like, in the early stages of a rebuild, but, like, later stages of a rebuild... I can't see you just keeping Puka. I at least I wouldn't because the way that I play Dynasty, it's either I want to have the most value in like completely safe players, 
Or if I'm having volatile guys, I probably want those to be running back because then they reach very high peaks and like it's the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. So like a fifth round wide receiver, it's not a guy that I think will either encapsulate a lot of value for you uh, or will store safely a lot of value for you. an interesting discussion yeah and that's the this or that for Puka featuring Puka Nakua Puka Nakua uh, okay so tell me something since we were talking about the 32 team league do you think you have a chance of repeating Luke no absolutely not okay. oh, I'll be happy if I make it if I win a playoff game at this point really my, I've got so many holes in my roster right now. I mean, Jordan, Jordan Hicks going down with compartment syndrome is just the, the, the icing on the cake for my team this year. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm right now, on defense. Right now, I think you will most likely face Miami. I don't I think, think I, that I moves. I could win that game, I feel like. I don't know how good Miami is, but I think I at least have a chance. Yeah, Miami has some pieces, but it's yeah so and so. It's yeah. not a great team. Yeah, hit or miss, exactly. If, Who do you um, think if wins Byron that league? Happens to come back, then oh yeah, because you picked them up. Yeah, yeah. You should have traded for AOC. Oh, I could have. What did you even offer <laughs> me for him? I don't remember. Ah, uh, I want to say it was like a second in twenty twenty. Five, yeah, no, those those picks are on lockdown. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, second in 2025. Yeah, you've been pretty adamant. Is this like the year that you blew it up? Yeah, this is it. This is the last dance. This is okay. the last. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're the, this this team's being held together by Elmer's glue at this point. We don't have we don't have much left. Hey, now you did you did. Beat me in the championship last year, so yeah, fair play, my man. I remember I had a whole little like rant that there's no way you were losing that game with to someone without a starting quarterback. Yeah, and then they David Blau, man, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, (laughs) David Blau, just coming in and doing what? I think. uh, Let me check. Yeah, he came in and he scored. Almost 20 points for that one week. <laughs> oh, <sighs> yeah, I did what lose that one. To David Blau. David Blau. I don't, he didn't score. I don't think he scored a single. Did he score a point that game? No, he scored. He had like he almost 20. Yeah, he scored like 16 and change. Oh my God. Yeah, he did. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you have this game of his life, I guess. What fortune. Who do you think oh. wins it this year? Um, I think if Corey's team is healthy, I think he stands a pretty good shot at it. If not, I'd say probably you, Alex. I mean, you know that I can't win it. Rule Just... number one, never pick Alex. Yeah. It's... No. But the if on Corey is pretty big. 
Like, his team is just dead in the water right now with some injuries. Really, I haven't And I haven't so, looked much into it. Let me check, take a I take mean, a look at it. I mean, A-Chan has the issue with the injuries. Yeah. Danny is running back to his, like, Damian Pierce, who's Mm hmm kind of iffy as well. He has Bijan, of course. Um, but, like, wide receiver-wise, I mean, Alec Pierce hasn't done anything. Then he has Nico Collins, who's coming back. Um... Jonathan Mingo hasn't really stepped up. Then, of
the Supreme Alex. Yeah. Supreme Alex. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't know because you don't follow a lot of the Thirty Two Team League chat. But during the off season, he got the nickname of Alex One, so I just call him yeah. Supreme Alex. I, I remember that was a thing. <laughs> I still, whenever I talk to him, it's either Supreme Alex or Alex One. I <laughs> never just say Alex. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, this this league is always super weird because it's never the team you're expecting that wins it. It's just a random team most of the time. Then well, you have the so, same way in the 32 man as well. Yeah, they did. I mean, you I, had a strong case last year. I maintain yeah. if I make the playoffs in the 16 with this roster, I have a chance. That's, Definitely. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't put past you, uh, but it's hard to bet against Alex right now. It's either Alex or Link. Maybe if I make it in, I have a chance. Maybe. Ah. I, I think I've got a dark horse chance as well. I just, I, I need some boom performances from my guys. But if, I mean, crazier things have happened. Yeah, and you but do have I, a lot I of guys. One or two weak boom. spots still on my roster. I don't, I don't think I have a perfect roster to really make a good go at it this year. Your roster you is won? like an enigma to me. Like I don't, I don't understand how you've won as many games as you've won, but you have. Yeah, I've gotten pretty lucky. I had a lot of like kind of roster clogger guys that just ended up like gaining huge value out of nowhere. Like Gus Edwards, really, really popping up, kind of, kind of saved me there. And then Singletary, of course, and the the Kincaid breakout was really clutch too. I know, I was trying to get Kincaid. Yeah, you were trying to get him. I was like, I don't wanna I don't wanna cut bait on him just yet. <laughs> Are you impressed with the performances of the tight end class from this last draft? Because Kincaid's been doing great. Laporta obviously is a tight end one apparently and might be tight end one overall. Laporte. You really? Yeah. I keep trade Cuddy wow. is currently. So do you think that we're gonna start to see a trend of tight ends perform like being similar to wide receivers where they perform from their rookie year and then you just base that as a bar to basically hit in some Not likely. Like Not likely. I I think this year is kind of an anomaly. And then I think with Brock Bowers next year, he could. The Bro- Brock Bowers is going to be expected to do what Laporta and Kincaid are doing. So yeah. that's going to be something interesting to watch. But I think this is more of an anomaly than anything. Like, obviously, Laporta walked into a perfect situation. And Kincaid, no one was talking about Kincaid this way until Dawson Knox got hurt. So. Yeah, because it was a tight end too. In that yeah. team. Yeah. Do you think? Are you concerned if you're a Dawson Knox owner? Absolutely. It's fair. I mean, Even the with that was that contract he signed, there, there's still got to be an out in it after what two years, right? Two or three years, they can cut bait on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
can check real quick. Um, but yeah, like the writing was on the wall when they got Kincaid. So mm-hmm. I think you you sort of have to be concerned right now. There's yeah. not much. Maybe he stays around as a blocking tight end. I'm not sure how great he is at that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, they have an out on his contract after 2024. So they can't yeah. really cut him next year. Uh, the dead cap hit is higher than this cap hit currently. But after that, I mean, they save half of his contract. So he probably stays another year. They run more to tight end sets or he just phases away a bit more. And Kincaid becomes the one when both are healthy. Mm-hmm. I did want to say, uh, because you, you mentioned Gus Edwards a while back, so I'm just rewinding it a bit. Since week seven, so that is now, what, uh, five weeks, Gus Edwards has nine touchdowns on the ground. That's just absurd. Those are those are some Jamal Williams kind of numbers. Yeah, nine touchdowns, and he has one single week in which he didn't score 17 points or more. Yeah. He has scored 21, 28, 17, 9.8, and 21. Is, is he a top five RB on the season? He's got to be close at this point, right? Uh, he's running back 11. Really? Yeah, on the year. Wow. Yeah, you did great with that one. He's carrying you right now because of the... Yeah, he really is. I got, I got lucky into that one. And then you got Kyron as well. Yeah. Kyron Puka and Gus Edwards really sparking out of nowhere. Kind of... The three musketeers. Kind of my team relevancy. <laughs> the three musketeers, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I remember there were a couple games earlier in the season where when Puka and Kyron were both healthy, they I think they combined for like 60 points in three straight weeks or something crazy like that. I believe in our matchup, something like that happened. Like yeah, they I, know, combined... I know in our matchup they did for sure. Yeah, they combined for uh, 58.10 in our matchup. You scored yeah. like 154, <laughs> so mm-hmm. they had more than a third of your points, those yeah. two guys. <laughs> Just crazy season. I mean, that's why fantasy football is such... A great thing, I guess. It's just finding the unknowns and just how a team that is not looking poised to make any sort of run can just find players out of nowhere and make that run. It's just the Cinderella stories. And we have had quite a few in this league. A few years ago, Austin uh, joined like the year after we joined. He had a Cinderella run as well. Like No one really gave anything for his team. But he managed to get a pretty soft schedule. He managed to build a few a few games. And he got a playoff win. I'm not going to say versus who, but he did get a playoff win. <laughs> I think I have an idea who he might have beaten. Uh, I, I don't think you have a clue. It's, it's the guy that usually just turns along in the playoffs. It was really surprising uh-huh. when he lost. Honestly, your performance is what made me like get p- players because I was kind of banking on both of our picks being top five picks. Yeah, you, right. you, you were hell-bent on the idea that my pick would be top five. And I, I kept trying to tell you, I'm like, my team 
will probably win six or seven games, and I'm going to be a fringe playoff team this year. And you didn't want to buy it. Nope. Didn't want, you're right. I didn't want to buy it. And now he wins the division. Angelo, apologize. <laughs> Acknowledge him. No. Come on, Angelo. You know you can do it. No. <laughs> I like how he's the, like leading the division, probably winning. Like he needs a win. Oh, he's worse. Uh, he has unlocked it because Zeke can win it still. But he's yeah. leading the division, and he's third in points in his own division. <laughs> oh, really? I'm third in yeah. points. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like I think you're 12 behind Zig, and you are around 33 behind me. Okay. This oh. guy. I mean, fair play. Yeah. But yeah, so, I'm out of I'm the run for the division. In points in the league, right? What? I, I think I'm still top half of the league in points. Points for. Oh. Oh, for sure. Uh, you are one, two, uh, three, four, five. You're six in points, okay. I believe. So that's yeah. just more of a product of our division being stacked than me getting. Like, I mean, there's, lucky. there's what? There's six teams. Uh, no, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there's six teams. Uh, with thirteen hundred points or more scored in the season. We have three of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, the South doesn't have a single one. Mickey Mouse division. Yeah. Mickey Mouse division. Damn. Mickey Mouse. And he thinks that the East is, is easier than the South or something like that. No. Yeah, it's no just way. crazy. He's crazy. He's doing crazy talk. <laughs> Back to the real world, Angelo. Come on now. <laughs> okay. I feel like we have the show, no? I think yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it. How did you enjoy your stay here, Luke? Oh, I had a blast talking with you guys. Really good time. Thanks for having Perfect. me on. Definitely definitely worth it. You got any tips for anyone out there who either want to get into Dynasty or are starting Dynasty? Um, listen to Alex. He um, he knows everything about every player. So if Alex has an inkling on any rookie that, that might do something good, uh, listen to him. Except when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah. And then just, uh, just trust your gut. Like, if you got a, a gut feeling about a guy, don't, like... Don't get caved in on what like the consensus is with the uh, the rest of like the dynasty community because they're they're wrong just as often as you yourself will be. So don't don't subject yourself to having to agree with the consensus on the community. Perfect advice. I liked it, especially for the the small little nod to me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Much appreciated. <laughs> Just don't listen to me regarding QBs. That's terrible. Yeah. Just Alex the QB. Stay away. <laughs> yeah. This guy liked Pickett. This guy liked Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Bryce Young. He likes all of those guys. He didn't like Stroud. <laughs> you are pretty bad with quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I like Anthony Richardson, and Richardson did ball, so I'll take the small little win there until he just got destroyed. But yeah, I'll take the win where I can. You do the outro, then Alex, since you're better at it than me. Well, as Angelo usually says, there's a nice little fancy donate button that you can click if you want to. Uh, And if you're listening on the podcast app, if you're listening on Spotify app, just leave us a review. As you know, five-star review only. We don't accept anything less than that because we have standards, (laughs) as I usually say. Uh, If you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe, turn notifications on, and leave a comment as well. And as always, guys, see you next week. You got anything, Luke, to send us off on? Um. Not really. Just uh, good luck, everyone. If you're playing fantasy this week, get a win. Do it. Do it for me. Get a win for Luke this week. And remember, Justin Jefferson doesn't care about your fantasy team. <laughs>